0: Alrighty. I am so honored when, um, Pastor Shelby and I were kind of going over the, the lineup for this morning and who was going to be introing and all these things. Um, we were trying to come up with, okay, who can introduce Pastor Wendy, um, this session? And I was like, I really love to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so please let it be me. So, um, and he, so here's the deal. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna talk to her for a second and you guys can listen in, alright? Okay. So, Pastor Wendy. Um, My husband and I have been with Pastor Tom and Shelby for about 24 years um, in ministry, off and on. And I found this week my pamphlet from Victorious Women, 1994, (laughs) with Cindy's story. And there was a few other people in there. And I totally looked back through the notes that I took of your sessions in 94. So that was a long time ago, right? Yeah. It's 2015. Um, And a lot of the things that I starred that you said, I still refer to. And I, that's just my point too, to, if, you know, whether you've been in church a long time or you haven't been, um, especially the garden, Pastor Tom usually says, you know, he hates counseling. Why does he hate counseling? Well, it's because if you would be in church and you would apply what you hear and, and live it out, like that solves most of the problems that people want to come in and talk to, talk about, right? Okay. So like half the, stuff, I mean, everything she said this morning, I'm like, holy cow. And, and, and and if you if we've talked at all, you and I have talked at all, you have probably heard me say, I mean, if I'm not referring to something that I read in the Bible, not referring to Word, or Pastor Tom or Shelby, I'm usually referring to Pastor Wendy, right? Yeah. And, I mean, there's, like, some key things that you've spoken into my life that I've totally just grabbed onto. And, like, you know, the, the story about the scars and, and, you know, what is your story going to be? I mean, that's just, you know, amazing. And so I just want to thank you. Thank you for, I mean, not just the one session this morning and what you're going to be doing the rest of the weekend, but for everything that you've sewed into our lives, you know, over the last years, right? Okay. So, with that, let's welcome Pastor Wendy back up to the stage. Woo! You're welcome. Thank you.
1: Oh, thank you. That is so encouraging. Wow. 94. I love that. I love that. Good thing. I decided to trust. Good thing. Yeah, because I think by then I would have been out of the game if I would not have decided to just go ahead on and love and and uh, do something different. So, wow. Okay, I did mention I, I did mention all of these. I, I believe y'all understand this, but I it, the great thing I, that I have a couple times that explain what's at the table to really grow in getting um, God's word within you as I leave. This one is uh, your spiritual life makeover, and it's like a thing that you put into your computer, and it has many things on it. So it's got a lot of different teaching that you can get in this kind of new fashion form, as opposed to buying stacks and stacks of cds or cd uh, dvds or you can get um, and faith now this is what i was talking about also it has a spirit of out of the book of that whole spirit of having strength um how to stand firm on solid ground and keep on firm footing in the midst of life most difficult challenges and it has that spirit of this is what this kind of teaching is about This one is um, the power of prayer. It is funny, like if you notice this morning, there's certain things that really do pop out of me just because of the abundance of, of the value that I put on them. And one of them is prayer. But what is ideal prayer? And that's the thing I try to really help us as women is that we have so many seasons that we walk through in our life. We have so many moments of life where, you know, like, I'm like, if you tell a mom that just had a brand new baby, you better be praying an hour. Get up at this time and do this hour. You better be. All of a sudden, this mom that has this brand new baby, she, she's overwhelmed herself. She's like, you know, there's things happening that she didn't know would be happening. And there's clothes that she's got to clean that she didn't know she had to clean. And all of a sudden, the clothes that she used to wear that had silks and all that kind, can't wear them anymore. And I'm like, I can't pray. And I and I hope and then and then you get a different season of life. There's so many seasons of life that if you go by the law in prayer, you will be hurt, frustrated, and feel very inferior in in, in, in having that Conversation with God, and I've walked through all those seasons. You know, I'm not that I'm gonna. I've got more seasons to walk through, but I walked through those seasons, and I have felt guilty, and I have felt inadequate, and I have felt like I'm not good enough. And I think sometimes out of that comes my, really, God, what do I do? You know, and so that's where this really comes from. And I hope that just through my life, that this will strengthen you. Of like, no, 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 we pray but we have conversation, and it gives you some thoughts and ideas, and, and, and just hopefully encourages you, but I will say this, you know, um, every single Wednesday, if you are free at 10 o'clock, you can join me at our weekly women's Bible study. You guys don't have 10 o'clock Bible study. Okay, 10 o'clock every single Wednesday, if you want to join me, if you can just click on your computer, you can join me and all the girls that are there. If you can't do it at 10 o'clock, it doesn't really matter in that way. Live is 10 because it goes into archives. And so wherever it fits for your life schedule, boom, you could just have a weekly bible study we just got done um we're just doing this series called right now long live the king and um it it is dynamic i teach actually it's kind of fun because um uh tasha my daughter teach taught uh the week before i taught this week and the next week we have one of our pastors on staff robin um is also going to be teaching and it's really fun i i'm just bragging because i'm just excited because robin is is going to be teaching robin sat on my lap when she was three you know, and her parents, you know, she just grew up. Now, they left the church, and she, she went wild and crazy there for a couple of years, came back into the church, got her life so straightened around, then ended up marrying one of our amazing brothers in the church, and um, he's one of our pastors. And I'm like, hello, God. I mean, yes. I mean, God is big, and he's wonderful. Amen? It's just beautiful. just beautiful. So she's teaching this week, and I, it's a really fun, uh, it's gonna be some really fun. So, if that's something that you go, wow, I'd like to really put that on my calendar. And like I said, because it's on the computer you can, or on our CFC app. If you just download the CFC app, you can get all of that also for free. And then you can do it at your own time zone. And you can get the homework and everything. Actually, how, I know some of you, you're like, homework? They do homework? Yes. Our women, I make them do homework every week. And I literally, we do a really big, like, we do two pages, and it's not that hard. But the first page is easier. So if you want to have, like, you and a couple friends that kind of do the homework together, you could. The second page is... Is not that hard, but it's a little bit more, okay? So if you are a person that looks for that kind of a thing also or to put yourself kind of in a discipline of learning the word in that process, that might be something that's easy. You can do it at your own time schedule, or you could get a girlfriend and do it together and kind of have that kind of accountability. I love, I love getting together with each other. I, I love personally getting together every week with just girls. I love it because I love that environment of us praying together, gathering together. And I'm going to go down this pathway for just a minute because many things you maybe you don't maybe you don't know me a lot of you don't know me but Um, The Spirit of the Lord has really spoken to me in my particular teaching style when I'm at a conference. And so I really try to stay in that place, in that line of obedience. And I'm going to talk about walking in the lane that God has called you to. And really, really understanding the lane that we are to walk in individually. Now what happens oftentimes is that we get out of our lane. Because getting out of our lane is really easy because of comparison. It's really easy to get out of the lane that God has called you to walk in because you look at somebody else's lane and when you look at somebody else's lane, their lane looks like, wow, you know, wow, their lane is so exciting. Their lane doesn't have stop signs. Their lane just goes, go, 60 miles, 70 miles, 80 miles an hour. I want to get in their lane and we have a a, a problem with getting out of lanes and, and getting into other people's and we're having crashes in the body. And, I, and I, I thought, now this is a very, very sad, but all of us have been, all of us know, you read news, you see the news, and all of us in the natural recognize what happens when cars get out of the lane they're driving in, and by an accident hit something in the other lane. I um, mean, tragedy happens in the natural. Um, yesterday, if you went, if a tragedy happened with our big duck mobile hit another, uh, sad to say, another big bus. Very, I'm like, how did that happen? How did our duck mobile hit another big bus? And literally, I don't know how many people, yesterday's report was four young t- um, college students have died. And, and then there's many people that got injured. How horrible is that? And yet in the, in the spirit realm, in the spirit realm, we have people crashing into each other all the time. We're having people crash into each other all the time. And one of those, when you see the picture of the horrible story of yesterday, Duckmobile, I don't know what else to call it, but the Duckmobile. But when it it looks like it crashed and it went out of its lane and went into the other lane. And we were looking at, did they both get out of their own lanes and begin to move towards each other and not notice because they were both so big? And I thought, you know, that happens in the body. Let me just show you something in Galatians. And all my girlfriends that have been around my teaching for the years know Galatians. is a a landmark. We're coming back to Psalm, uh, Psalm, by the way. We're not done with Psalm. But I want to jump to Galatians uh, for a moment. And let's go to Galatians 6 and verse 3. Because the lane that God has called me to move in when I'm in conferences is to be very unique, specific, and it's a—it's it's always amazing to me how God, in the midst of what I'm doing, will many times nudge me properly to to speak about something, and it's something because that's the lane that God has called me to walk in—is to have that spontane, I, I, theres a spontaneity that the Spirit of the Lord really has me to speak out. So we're just going to roll with it and have fun. But Galatians, um, six and verse three four if anyone thinks himself to be something when you're nothing you deceive yourself but but let each one examine your own work then you will have rejoicing in yourself alone and not in another for each one shall bear their own load now this is really talking about the driving in the lane that god has called you to drive in to understand who you are and the value of who you are and and in every season of life that you walk through i think you have to re-ask the question I don't think that you can only go, okay, this is only my lane. This is what I do when you're 20. Because at 20, God has certain things that He has in your lane, knowing. What your whole life is involved with so in that lane he has do you has he has you doing certain things But as you turn 30 different things are added to your life different things are subtracted from your life Different things happen in your time schedule in the different things that are happening in your life And many times people don't reevaluate the lane that they're running in and ask the spirit of god father god is this my lane? What am I at, what, what have I added to my lane? And what do I need to take out from my lane? And then when you're 40, and I'm just using the, those points, but at any point of the season of life, that you might go at 40 and say, okay, Father God, what is in my lane today? What, what's supposed to be there and what's not supposed to be there when I'm 50, when I'm 60, when I'm 70, when I'm 80, when I'm 90, when I'm 100? I mean, if you live to be, the, the Spirit of the Lord said that man could live to be 120 years old. I don't have a dream to live unhealthy at 120. I'm just telling you. I ain't going to be over there. I'm going to be healthy in all the days of my life on earth. And when my days are done, I'm going to go to be with the Lord. Because heaven is to be gained. I am not afraid of heaven. I want to go to heaven at the appropriate time. Not before my time. And I say that for especially some of us, as we get a little bit different of age, we're like, yeah, you know, heaven's a little bit closer. But you're not done until you're done and if you're and some people know, no, i'm all done my dad said this to me my dad i mentioned already that he had gone through that very he, he got very sad he got very depressed it was a very hard time and my dad at the and he, and he became a diabetic and he had problems and he got sick and all blah 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 down this very sad pathway but but my dad had been driving a car and he had a total accident. The car was totaled and he's in the hospital. And he and, and when you a lot of times when you total a car you break the bones that the seat belt po- keeps you from being tossed. So you literally can break bones where your seat belt was, which is exactly what happened to my dad. So he had seat belt bones that were broken and then but he was not broken. He was still alive, you know. So so uh, my my husband Casey. He goes to the hospital to visit my dad, and my, I mentioned my dad had been a pastor, and he had left the church at this point. Not leaving church, he'd always. They, my mom and dad still went to church but they were no no longer pastors but he was very um he was wandering trying to find where he fit and when you when you when your whole dream had been a certain direction and he didn't know where to go anymore he he had been in charge he'd been preaching he'd been the, the one that doing everything and he was he was a, a boat without a direction which can happen in any of our lives at certain points at any of our lives sometimes we're we're, we've done this certain thing for a really long time and i would i have talked to more moms that we call it the empty empty nest i think that really doesn't communicate it well i think to just call it an empty nest i'm like yeah yeah well i don't that didn't affect me until i was the empty nest and then a lot of times you're really like Wait a minute. I liked being a mom. I liked the kids all home. I liked that environment. Now I'm a little bit like where are they? I don't know exa- even though I've always worked all my life, even though it wasn't like, you know, I, I I mean I had other things that I was also doing. When they all moved out, there was a difference that happened in my in my in my psyche, in my life, because it was like, what's going on? So there's all different seasons and moments of time that we hit this like, what am I doing? How, I don't like where I'm going. I I'm not. Or what about the teenager that the teenager gets to a, a certain level of school and like, wait. Am I going to college? Am I not going to college? I need to go to college. I can't afford to go to college. Do I go to trade school? And all of a sudden you're a ship with like, I don't know what to do. I'm really, really really nervous. I don't, and they get quieter and quieter and quieter. There's all different kinds of seasoned things that happen to a person's life. They are like without a rudder. Like, where do I go? What direction do I, what direction do I turn my boat? I don't really know what lane to even walk in. God, I don't know what to do. And insecurity just can be rampant at that moment feeling alone feeling like I don't belong anywhere well my dad definitely was there oh my goodness you know he just and he wrecked a car and and when Casey walked in the hospital because he should have died the car was wrecked I mean it was totaled and when he looked at Casey he said okay I should have died and and honestly to be honest I wanted to die because I, I felt, there, I, I, what am I doing? There's no reason for me to be here anymore. He said, but. And can I say to every woman in here, if, at some time of your life, there's going to be a moment... That you are, you feel very rudderless. You feel very undone. You feel very, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get through this process. I, I feel like not really needed or wanted or valued or my job or my kids or my husband or maybe your husband and you split up at a certain time in your life that all of a sudden you're like, I mean, you, maybe, maybe the marriage was bad. But all of a sudden now you're not in the marriage and all of a sudden your identity even though it was bad, it was still wrapped up in that bad marriage. And all of a sudden you're like I don't know what to do. I I feel this tremendous dark hole within. Okay? And that's what my dad felt. The the tremendous dark hole within. Here he is. I don't know how old he was because then I didn't, I mean like I was in my 20s. He was my dad. I don't know how old he was. 50, 55, 60. I don't know what he was. And so he was, you know, my dad. So in case he walked and he said he said and he looked at Casey and he said obviously I have something more to do I have something more to do because I've done everything in my bad way to knock myself out I've done all the things depressed being sad being in an accident having problems thinking that direction he said but I'm still here And he looked at Casey at this time, finally, after about 12 years of darkness. And it did take a while. And I hope it doesn't take you 12 years. I hope that you, in this process of like, don't go 12 years of darkness before you come out to this place of going, I must, God still wants to use me for something on this earth. And he looked at his son-in-law and said, I submit to you as my pastor. I submit to you and I'm going to be there and I'm going to be there. I'm going to, I'm going to help people again. That thing that was in me, the lane that God had called my dad actually to be in the ministry part was a tremendous pastor. He never lost that. He just got lost in his own emotions and it wasn't being used in the way that he knew how to use it before. He didn't lose that call, that, that gifting, that place that he uniquely was called just like you don't. Just like you won't in your future of at some time feeling like, ah, what am I doing? Whether you're young or whether you're old. Because like I already said, I I think it's funny because I think teenagers go through something that's very similar to what some of us women get attacked with when we're in our 50s and 60s. It's the same exact feeling. The the, the age in between feels uh, like their life is on speed dial. Okay, but in speed dial, they can also get lost in their path because their speed dial life can actually get off course because it gets all about the wrong priorities get pushed into their schedule. And so every part of our life, every part of our life, there needs to be that time that we ask God reflectively, God, God, what am I doing right now? God, what am I doing right now? When you look at this particular scripture that we just read, so hopefully you really put big circles around it, and you say, this is Wendy's favorite scripture. Galatians 6. Look at this. It can't spill or nothing. Isn't this cool? (laughs) Galatians 6.3. But if anyone thinks you you have to be something when you're not that thing, you deceive yourself. Let's start with that particular thought. Many of us walk, we get out of the lane... That God has called us to. We are driving our car. And we want to be something that we're not. So we try to think that we're something. And we try to drive our car in the wrong lane. So we're in the wrong lane. And you think you are something that you're not. And so often in our our pressure, the peer pressure, our parent pressure. You know, like often many of us have had many words spoken to us growing up that were really inappropriate words. There were words that created a picture, a vision of us, and many times the words were even comparison words. There were words, your sister's like this, your brother's like this, I want you to be like this, you're supposed to walk this line like this. You know, my dream for you is this. Never to stop and ask the question wait a minute actually it teaches me in proverbs train up a child in the way that he should individually go by the individual bent that he should go train them up in that way okay most parents i mean and i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not trying to arrow out parents but you know the, the reality is many parents never ask the question who is this child and god Help me to train them up in that unique individual bent that you have put within them. Help me to have wisdom. Help me to train them. Uh, when I, I don't, I think the Holy Spirit. My oldest son Caleb, he's on our, he's he's senior pastor. He's not senior. Casey and I are still senior, but I. You notice that was a, was that a Freudian flip when they say that, right? Okay, because he is like the boss around there. And uh, so Caleb, who is thirty. But when I was holding him as a, as a baby, and I and I and I'll just like I parents, man, you you have little babies. I I, I was holding him. Just to, he was this little, and someone walked up to him, and I don't know if the Holy Spirit opened my eyes or if it really happened, but I think it did. And I remember someone went to take him from me, and literally Caleb flinched him, and the person went, and they backed up, and I remember the Holy Spirit say, "Yep, that's what you got right there," and it was like. Oh, my goodness. I felt like my eyes were open to the bent of the personality of the son that I was carrying. And God said, raise, it, you know, raise him wisely. Because that strength is to be used for me, but that strength can also be used by the devil. That's why all those wild people out there that lead people the wrong way, well, they, they were that way. And God had a strength, and the parent didn't train them, not just the parent. I mean, it's, there's a choice factor that's always involved with anybody's life. So parents can do everything they can, and they, and the child still must choose the way that they will go. But, like... But many of us, when we were raised, there were words that were spoken unto us. And instead of understanding our lane, we are very confused in our society. I mean, look at the whole identity crisis that's happening all over the place. Well, am I this or am I that? Am I this or am I that? I mean, we are a confused identity society. We're not asking the question of the right people. We're not asking the question of the right Father God. We're not saying, God, who am I? We're saying, who am I, who is my mother, who is my mother, who is my mother, who is my mother, who is my mother. Remember the book, the little storybook that you read of the little, that little chicken, this. Who is my mother, who is my mother, who is my mother, who is my mother, who is my mother. Are you my mother, are you my mother, are you my mother, are you my mother. I mean, we're walking around like that all, I don't know, what am I supposed to do, what am I supposed to do, what am I supposed to do. And the body of Christ has a whole bunch of elbows. And yet, first Corinthians says that we are a body. We're a body. So if we have a body, and all we are is a bunch of elbows, we got some problems. We've got some problems in the body because we're not recognizing our own spots. And, and, and unfortunately, we only lift up certain spots. Ooh, I want that one. Ooh, I want that one. Ooh, I want that one. You know, and and our peer pressure, and the and the and the media pressure, and the and the money pressure, because there are certain places that get more money. It's just true. I mean, it just is true. One of the things, again, that I just so honored, and I'm so grateful that my mom and dad did this, because, you know, there are certain things that you can you can sew into a person's life. And my parents were both had master's degrees, including my mom, in the 50s. Now, that was just unheard of for a woman. You know, I mean, they just had, they were highly educated, which means they both could have gotten jobs that had a higher income. But my parents, my dad and mom decided to be, they, he already knew they were going to be a Methodist pastor. And, you know, the meth. oh, I said the dumb, I was trying not to say which one, But in which way, the denomination, you know, they they live the belief, God, you keep them humble and we'll keep them poor. So, I mean, we lived a very poor life, which but i didn 't know we were poor because if you if you live in a poor world you don 't know you 're poor. I mean everybody in the church always brought us over foods, you know brought us the boxes of vegetables of fruits, and my mom canned them and and we'd lived, we never went out i mean I think in our whole growing up life, we went out like one time a year, we would go out you know including herfies, maybe herfies once a year do you have her is it called herfies. no um you know, it's like a, not McDonald's, but before McDonald's, come on, some of y'all are, you, you know, herpes, well, there you have one, you're young, so I guess I, you know, whatever, okay, but, but the, but the benefit that they sowed within me is that money was not the value for happiness. They, they really showed that really positively. Money was not the, the core of happiness. And so when I knew I was called into ministry, I absolutely married my husband. Of course, and I married him with debt because he had been arrested so many times. He had, <laughs> <laughs> he had, he had debt. And... Uh, <laughs> But, but I went into ministry full on thinking that I would always live just like my parents did. And the very first t-shirt I ever got from a store, I was in the sixth grade. I was in the sixth grade with my very first t-shirt. From pennies, blue with white stripe. Remember it, okay? I remember it. But the benefit of that is money was not the thing that, that, that hindered my lane. And some people, the reason that you won't really even ask of God is that, you know, that, that money thing is such a high, bow down to, you know, honoring thing on this earth. Man, if you've got money, you're, you're like really together. And I'm like, there's so many things that, I mean, I like having money. I, I would rather have money than not money. I mean, let's all admit it, right? I'd rather easily pay my bills than hard pay my bills. I'd rather be able to go out to McDonald's than never go out to, I don't really like McDonald's, but let's go someplace you know and i mean i'm not saying money's bad and money is not evil the love of money the love of money is the root of all evil but not money okay but but money can get you to not even ask where your where your road is that you are to walk that you're to run in and so you have to ask of god god where's my road And where your road is, what am I to run? And you have to, and when we look at this, you go, okay, for when you think yourself to be not that thing, some of you are living your sister's lives. You're living what your sister is, not what you are. Because somehow in that comparison, you you kind of moved into that. I even know this one kid, I really had a really good visit with him because he had lost his sibling. And he felt very responsible to almost live a dual life. Well, if you have a lost sibling and they had a certain personality and you had a different personality and you feel very compelled to please your parents, he basically tried to take on both personalities. And I'm like, have any of you tried to do that? Maybe. Maybe that's why the spirit of the lord brings it. Maybe they didn't lose in the sense of die and go on to heaven early But but for some reason you've taken on more than you're supposed to and the spirit of the lord really speaks to you To ask of him when you ask of god He reveals things that you will just not know and you go. Well, how will I know? Well, there's a couple things, but let each one examine it says this in verse four Let each one examine or in the amplifies it says carefully scrutinize Ask yourself, carefully scrutinize your own work and then you will have rejoicing in yourself alone and not in another. I mean, sheesh. Us sisters have been taught from the cradle to compare and to be jealous of each other. To always this comparison, well, they've got they've got this and they've got that. And I, I mentioned to you how, I mean, my mom and dad are in heaven, so I can sometimes use them as stories in a good way and a bad way. I already gave you a good one. Let me give you another one. And, you know, because, you know, I mean, I honor my parents. But, of course, your parents really do put a lot of molding in you. And I told you the time I'm standing and, my, and I, when I turned and I heard the words that my mom had spoken to me. My mom was very small herself. Mom was like a little petite thing, right? And um, which is, you know, but all of a sudden I turned and my mom said to me, now... When she said this, I have to tell you, I was the lightest that I was ever in my whole life. I was the smallest I've ever been. I, I, I had just had Tasha, which I don't know what it was, but I had Tasha. But I went, I just scooted in. As t- I mean, I, w- I didn't even work at it. I just went scooted in and everything dropped. I was like this kitty little mini walking around going whoop. Look at me. I meant like, but I didn't do anything. It just dropped. It just was gone. And then it came back. And uh, I'm just saying, okay. But I was at my thinnest when my mom said this of ever. I mean, I weighed in at 150 pounds in the seventh grade. Yeah, see, there you go. That's what I thought. How does anybody, I didn't know you, you know, I, seventh grade. Weighed in, 150. Never never, never was on a scale except that time. So I've never known where I went. You know, I never had any process. I was just 150, never lower. And so way, anyway, so, so my, mom, my mom looked at me, and she goes, something about, I had this dress on. I'd come home from work. And she goes, wow, that dress isn't very flattering on you. And the Spirit of the Lord said to me, and just to help me, okay? He says, that's what you've heard all your life. No, I, and I wasn't mad at my mom anymore. So it wasn't. I didn't. I didn't immediately turn to go blah 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 and yell at her. But I think the Spirit of Lord wanted me to go click. He wanted me to see. He wanted me to hear why I had issues. Why I had issues. Why that he's and it was so clear. You've heard that all your life. You've heard you don't look very good. All you like you can put all the different words and structure on that all you want you know what i mean all the different things that dress doesn't that's not very flattering you you don't look very thin in that dress now mind you i was the smallest i'd ever been i looked hot <laughs> i mean i don't really know but you know what i mean but i had to have uh, i mean i was really thin man i was like you know i'm like hey baby girl look at me and uh but 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 she didn't notice it right And and the Spirit of the Lord has brought that up to me how much the devil has used those words in my comparison factor. Everything is about comparison factor. So what words have been spoken to you? See, all of us have had words. And they they identify us. And they put us into these little pathways that are having us off each other's. We're bumping into each other's. Because why? Because I'm like, wow. I like that about you. Oh wow! I wish I had that about you. Bump. Oh, man. bump. I mean, because because I'm I'm looking at your pathway, and literally, I have to be careful because the way I'm teaching, I could just I could fall off. I don't really want to fall off to prove my point. Okay, that's not my goal. Okay, but we are bumping into each other and running into each other and having accidents in the church on a regular basis and out of all gossip is all based on jealousy all of it's based on jealousy all of it's based on just you know being being i i wish i had that so i'm going to gossip about that person and, and pull them back down just a little bit make me feel a little bit better but gossip never makes you feel better Because it doesn't bring you to your pathway. It does not put you into your lane to drive. All it does is try to bump that other person out. So we are crashing and having problems. And many of us, we're in our drive of our life. We're going over there and we're, we're, okay, you know, okay, what about this one? When a person has their phone out and they're texting, right? What happens when a person has their phone out and they're texting in the car? Have you noticed? What do they do? say it out loud. Help me out here. They veer into another lane. They weave a little bit. What else do they do? Slow down. That bugs the heck out of me. I mean, weave all you want, but don't slow down. Okay? They slow down. And I thought, how many of us in our life were looking at everybody else's life? We are so driving, and and then we're just... or like this one No nowhere I mean drive me crazy to drive around you but that's what we are in the body of Christ we're texting and looking at everybody else we're like seeing what everybody else is doing without like saying wait where's my path what am I to do how am I to walk this pathway that God has me walking in examine Yourself, Amen, Amen. Amen. (laughs) Woo. Okay, so let me look at another scripture with you, because we're there. Let's go to Psalm 139. I think uh, is is am I right? Is it out of my? Is it is it? I love it when probably this sister right here, she'll tell me the right scripture again. This is what you want. Marvelous are thy works. Yeah, it is. Psalm 139, verse 14. I will praise you. Psalm 139, verse 14. Are you there? Okay, write it down. If, you if you're like me, you have it like this, but write it on your hand. Twitter it. Instagram it. And then say, beautiful G15. Twitter this morning when I was going to get on the airplane coming but somebody else had just posted um, the conference right and so I just didn't look at it I thought it was this conference and I said on my way to Unique well I'm at Unique next week and so they were so excited wow there's two Uniques and I went no there's one beautiful you're Unique they're beautiful I just want you to know (laughs) Uh, Okay, so it says this, 139 and verse 14. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay, let's just stop right there and let's be real. When's the last time that you felt that scripture is real? Today, good for you. But I'm just saying, in the normal course of our life, how often do we look in the mirror and go, whoa, I'm wonderful? I'm fearfully made. And then it says this because I loved how it continues on. It says, Marvelous are your works. Okay, go ahead. Show your little behind in that little mirror and shake it around. <laughs> and marvelous are thy works. I'm just I just, you know, making us think, you know, that how often it is how how easy it is to look at ourselves in the natural, but also. What we see in the natural, I really like us to say that we often have the judgment on on our emotional life, on our give life, on our talent life, on what we are good at life. Oh, yeah, that's really not that important. That's really not that really good. I had one of my friends say to me, she is seriously, she was just such a beautiful hostess all the time. She loved to have people over, and it was just a real ease for her. Now, and she said, oh, and I said to her, I said, man, you're so good at having people over. You're the best hostess. She goes, oh, no, no, that's nothing. That's really not important. And I went, do, do you really honestly believe that? I mean, I really did. I just stopped and I said, do you, do you honestly believe that you doing that is really not important? She goes, oh, well, anybody can do it right? I hear that. No, no, no. I said, isn't that sad? Who told you that? Who told you that? Do you remember, do you remember Adam and Eve in the garden? Go look in Genesis two and three and four in there. You kind of read that whole, that whole process of the creation and Adam and Eve. And when Adam and Eve chose to sin, against God, okay, the story of Adam and Eve, and they chose to sin against God, and then God came to speak to Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve hid, they hid, so they're hiding from God, now, that alone should make you go, hello, I mean, you think you can hide from God, (laughs) oh yeah, I can't see you behind that bush that I built, (laughs) there's an animal you're behind oh yeah i didn't make them either so i can't see that i mean hello they're hiding and and god says what do you do and they go oh well we we weren't clothed properly we're you know we shouldn't stand before you and god said to them who told you that when you say i'm not who told you that i 'm not good enough who told you that i 'm not smart enough who told you that I'm not i 'm not the right age who told you that i 'm right i 'm the wrong color who told you that who told you that see these are things that instead of allowing them to become real in the depths of our soul, ask the question who told me that and how did the and it might have come through an actual person, but the where was the source of it because the source The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. John 10, 10. When the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, he comes in all the subtlety of his ways to take from you your very presence of gifting and talent and your own individuality and that thing that drives you with great passion to be all that God has called you to be. It's amazing how he just steals from you in your life. And and you have to ask the question, Who told you that? Who told you you're not smart enough? Who told you 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 don't have faith? Who told you that you're not creative? Who told you these things? And it's amazing how he gets us off that pathway of driving in the will of God. He gets us off this pathway of examining ourselves and seeking the things of God and walking in the strength of God and seeing all that we can be because he convinces us that we are not. You cannot, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're too old, you're too young. I mean, it is amazing. I mean, sheesh, now I'm older, now I'm too old. And I started off and I was so young and I was too young. I'm like, wait. And then in the middle when I was actually kind of the perfect age, I had all my kids and I was too busy. Do you see how the devil tricks us in all the seasons of our life? He will trick us. He'll trick us into into thinking, I am now out of the game. Now what I have is not important. And can I like really strongly say, oh, no. Oh, no. Don't let him say those things to you. Don't let yourself walk down that pathway. But it says this in Psalm uh, 139 It says, For you were formed in, in the inner parts. Verse 13 You covered me in my mother's wombs. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul, my inner being, knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. Now, that alone has really caused me to have to read it and think it and really try to get a renewed way of thinking. Because my frame, the building of my who I am, my structure was not hidden from God. And I know that right now, you know, the popular thing, even, this, even the physical frame is constantly set in every magazine cover, in every, you know, you should be this, eat this, do this, do this. And, and, and we have a constant pressure of having a different look by having the magazine look that, by the way. Hello, like, new, you know, fixing things on the magazine covers. I mean, they can cut off, shorten, and make things all looking different, but we don't see that. We're like, I want to look just like that. Well, you know, then use, what are those? Uh, photoshop yourself. It's really funny because they photoshopped one. One person, they we took, you know, pictures, and they photoshopped me. And I was like, oh, no, if you photoshop me that much when they see me, they're like, whoa. <laughs> And even yesterday on Instagram I photo I, 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 I posted a picture and I posted a picture because it was you know celebrate your daughter day you know so I had both my daughters and me but it's a picture but it was also a throwback Thursday so I put back I, I had an old picture of us three but mind you I forgot i didn't really I guess I should have really thought about it but it was photoshopped. And, um, and so it's Photoshopped, and I mean all these people are like, oh, you're so beautiful, oh, you're so beautiful, oh, you're so beautiful, oh, you're so beautiful. I said, yeah, but it's a five-year-old picture. <laughs> and it was Photoshopped a lot, so now how do I feel with that? Yeah. And then they see me. The other, I am like, this is it, this is it. You know, like, Photoshopping is fine and dandy, except the fact that the real person, here I am. And here we are. The frame is not hidden from God. Are you tall? Are you short? yeah but i just wanted to grow two more inches well but his your frame was not hidden from him you know when i was born i mean, the truth i, I mentioned this earlier i was born and i really had my dad's side of the family whole look not just a little bit of a but my I, my sisters my sibs were all born with blonde hair i was the middle one dark i was born with dark curly hair if you look at pictures i have curly hair i still have curly hair this is a brazilian like so it's straight. So so I mean I have curly hair and I was and I was round. I was born rounder. My siblings seriously and my sister had stick arms. You know, stick arms, stick life. But you know what? God gave them their frame. It's not like God didn't give them their frame either. We all have different inward we have we were, we have been formed. So you know you can be mad and shake your fist or you can get frustrated or you can say, Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for who I am. Thank you for the frame. Thank you that I'm that I am healthy. Thank you that I can walk and talk and I can and I live and I can and I'm you know, thank you, Father God, that I am a healthy, strong person and that I can keep myself in shape, I can learn how to eat properly, I don't have to oversize my frame, you know, and but that still God is my strength in this. Not that we have such a high judgment on ourselves. Man, us girls, we judge ourselves so harshly we are so judgmental and what you judge yourself if you don't think that you'll send that judgment out look again you judge and you judge back out i mean you just have that whole conversation it says my frame was not hidden from you when i was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed I mean that alone. God knew He had a call, He had a place for each and every one of us to walk and talk in His presence. And I would really encourage you in this time that we're, you know, we're gonna. You, you have all day, and you have this next week because I, I, I want to sow words into you that 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 matter to you today, but that also matter to you this next week and this next month as you are growing and as you are processing the words that have been spoken to you that they are life, and they bring you strength. They are something that you say, okay, who am I, God? What part of the body am I right now to function as? What's the lane that you've called me to walk in? And sometimes we won't, it's like in that lane, you know, you have to realize sometimes God says, yes, honey, I want you to put on your blinker right now. Put your blinker on, put your blinker on, because I want you to move over into this lane. I want you to move into this lane because sometimes we were in a lane that was never the lane we were to drive in forever. There are certain things in life that are seasonal drives. But you have to recognize, Holy Spirit, what am I supposed to do now? And the Holy Spirit says, put your blinker on, honey. Get prepared for the changes and look around and then move over into the lane that I've called you to walk in in this season of your life. I mean, there's so many seasons of life that we are to walk in. When you have babies, when you have kids that go to school, then you have kids that are in high school, then you have kids that are in college, then you have kids that are out, then you become a grandparent. Well, maybe this process. It's not everybody's process. I'm just speaking my own process of life but all those lanes all those things that have happened in my life they all cause me to go god what's my lane right now i don't want to get in somebody else's lane i don't want to go so slow in my life that i'm causing a backup behind me because i'm looking at all i'm just i'm not moving at all out of terror and out of fear i don't want to crash in another person's lane that they're already in that lane Holy Spirit, what do you have for me? What part of the body am I? Am I the eyes? Am I the nose? Am I the head? Am I the, am I the, am I the, the knee? Am I the feet? Am I the toes? What am I to do in my life right now? And sometimes you ask yourself a very simple question. What, what is there a passion in you? And you go, well, I don't have any passion. Well, you know what? I do think that you can dull your passion. It's because you have become depressed. You become sad. So that can dull yourself. So sometimes you can say to a person that is a true godly friend, do you see anything in me that I should, you know, kind of invest my life into a little bit more right now? And they might say, well, I see in you this, or I see in you that, Say, thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use those God words and help me to put on my blinker to get into that lane properly because my eyes have gotten dull out of my own feeling bad about my life. So that you can move forward in your life, so you can move forward. And sometimes when you're young and you go, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. Ask those mature, beautiful people around you. Say, I'm very, my lane is very foggy right now. I need a little help defining my lane. I need a little bit of help about what my next step is. Can I ask you? Can I pray with you? Can I get an agreement with you? Could you give me some words of just thought and direction in my life? And it's amazing by trusting. Trusting one another, what God will speak through us as sisters in Christ, loving each other and helping each other get into that lane that God has called us to run in. Everybody grab take take your books and put them put them down for a minute, okay? Like fold them up, put them down for a minute. And then once you've done that, stand up. Stand up and take the hand of that amazing sister standing next to you. We just talked about like that we pray with each other. That we believe with each other. Now, every single one of you have been thinking about, you know, your lane, and which is what you should be. But also, man, I love that we can pray one for another as our sister sitting next to us, as they're walking through their story of life, that, man, we pray and believe for their story to be fulfilled, that their story has wholeness in it, that their story gets an understanding of the lane that they're to walk in right now. So can I ask you to be bold and very courageous with that person that you're standing? next to you. You're holding their hand. Will you just begin to pray for them? The one on your right and the one on your left. Begin to just speak life into them right now. Begin to speak strength of the Holy Ghost right now. Begin to speak a real clarity of direction and purpose right now. Just begin to speak, God, thank you, Father, for you're more than enough And my sister on my right. My sister on my left. Thank you, Father God, for such an understanding in their life. That God, there's a there's a strength in them right now, that they're able to tap that thing of passion that you have put within them. Father, I thank you and I praise you that they are that my beautiful sister on my right and my left, that there's a wholeness and a healing in their story. If they have open wounds, Holy Spirit, God, I just speak healing and wholeness, that there is a wholeness and a restoration today as they are at beauty. Beautiful. I thank you and I praise you God that that there is a there's a, a, a restoring going on God that you have come to heal those that have been brokenhearted and we speak speak a healing in the brokenhearted that that are in the room today father I thank you and I praise you God that you are are more than enough that you are more than enough holy spirit that we have ears to hear what you are speaking to us your daughters your kids on this earth and how we just love you and how we praise you this day and everybody said amen amen praise the lord woohoo